the Under Center podcast. Right. Well, we'll leave the AFC East because the NFC East, as we all know, is the best, most competitive division in football. They have not had a repeat winner in like 50 years or something. Now, that is competition. That is any given day someone can win their division. Real football. Yeah. And you know what? I'm not having the slander of NFC least when it was the most enjoyable football. Well, okay, I won't say most enjoyable football to watch, but it was the most interesting football to watch. We had, in my memory, like two seasons where on the last game of the season, two or even three teams could have won the division in the last game. Uh, Jake, I'll start with you. And we're going to start on the Philadelphia Eagles. Everybody has been given at large about this team, about how fantastic they look. But the reality is... It's still Jalen Hurts under center, and he has proved nothing. I, I'm absolutely in agreement with you. Jalen Hurts is just, he's not going to help that team get anywhere, I don't think. In, in the grand scheme of things, yeah, he's fast. Yeah, he can avoid defenders, but can he, on a consistent basis, throw the ball? And now they made some big moves. They have Devontae Smith. They got um, AJ Brown. What's there? AJ Brown off the Titans, giving him some good weapons to throw to. So now it is actually on his shoulders, much like we were talking with Tua. He has the tools now to make make this happen for the team. So we'll have to see if he has it or he doesn't. And personally, I think he is made of shit. So, Ryan, for a more biased opinion, do you think <laughs> uh, Jalen Hurts can be a successful quarterback? Do you expect him to lean on that kind of dual threat that he has? or try and use those weapons that Jake just mentioned to kind of uh, stretch the field a little bit with his arm. I think it's it's not it's not as easy as a yes no answer here because the the league is changing a little bit kind of migrating towards the more mobile quarterback. So he obviously has that in his back pocket. He is very mobile. He knows how to make people miss, but I don't think he has the arm talent to succeed as a traditional NFL starting quarterback in this league. I thought it was very interesting how they went out and got all of these deep threats at wide receiver, and he is famed for underthrowing the ball. So I don't, I just don't understand it. But I mean, like if he comes out and proves me wrong, I'll be happy enough. Uh, I like to see people succeed, but um, yeah, for me, it's not going to happen. He just doesn't have the arm talent to be a number one guy in the league. Adam Rain mentioned there how the wide receivers don't necessarily fit the strengths uh, of Hertz. Do you think it was more a case of, well, the wide receivers we do have can't catch the ball and that's their only job. And they were just trying to get a bit of talent like AJ Brown, a big body guy that if you throw the ball up, look, it's got to be better than JJ Ortega Whiteside. Let's put it like that. <laughs> yeah, I think that's definitely what they've tried to do is just straight away someone going right. We just need a receiver who can catch and then we'll work on things after that. Jake, I'm liking this. We're not getting a lot of balance from our unbiased <laughs> panelists. So I think this is going to be a lot of slander for, for the Eagles and our next team up, the America's team somehow, which they named themselves, the Dallas Cowboys. I presume again, as always, Adam, this is their year. They're going to the Super Bowl. Nothing can stop them. Cowboys suck. Thank you. <laughs> this is going to be a rough one for any Cowboys fans listening. I, uh, they probably saw it coming, but... 
I can't wait to see the next Cowboys 2023 Super Bowl champs tattoo from at the end of preseason game three. It's such a ridiculous thing. Every year it's like, yeah, we're going to the top. We have the tools this time. Blah, 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 blah. No, it's not happening for you. Like, you've got Mike McCarthy as head coach. It's not happening for you still. The, the worrying thing for me, though, is usually you hear Cowboys fans shouting and roaring about how they're going to win the division, how they're going to go to the Super Bowl, all this sort of thing. I feel like they've been very quiet this season, and that worries me. Maybe they're that stupid that they go, oh, we have no chance, but this is actually their year. I doubt it, though. <laughs> well, they've lost some weapons. They lost Amari Cooper. They kept Dak Prescott, who... I ruffled a few feathers on uh, Twitter with my outrage of where Derek Carr was ranked on the top 100 players in the in Dak NFL. is Derek Carr on steroids. He's just the exact same player. That's I was. That's where I was going. I think in my defense, okay, I <laughs> maybe upset a few of the Raiders fans that we have listening to the show. But in fairness, when you when you break down the stats, Derek Carr is a very stat looks very well on the stat sheet but realistically when it comes to those wins that you need he hasn't got and it almost directly mirrors Dak Prescott where they can perform very impressively during the season and look very strong at times and then it all seems to fall apart either just before or in the first uh, postseason game and that really is a killer for them do you think they can improve as long as they have huge contracts on Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott. From what I heard last, like only the other day that they're thinking of moving on from Ezekiel Elliott. So like this is just, it's going to be a great thing as a, a Giants or a Commanders fan to watch that team crumble with all the money they've spent on it. And it'll just be, uh, it'll be, it'll be beautiful. Ryan, what do you think? Because any noise, as you mentioned, you've, you've heard it be quite quiet, relatively speaking for Dallas Cowboys fans. One of their big things that they're saying is going to be a huge key is uh, Diggs, a cornerback, who obviously caught a lot of interceptions last season. I see you shaking your head. You know where I'm going with this. This seems to be all of I saw just today. He's ranked in like the top 40 of the top 100 NFL players. It seems like they always have these little mini monologues with themselves or storylines that just like constant reinforcement to themselves that we are the best. But objectively, he had a great run of games. And then the second half of the season completely cooled off. He got absolutely torched by his brother in the Pro Bowl. He got absolutely torched most of the time. Um, fair play to him for getting all those interceptions. But he was beaten for the most yards of any cornerback ever in history on last season. I don't know where the Cowboys are going with this guy is the future at cornerback. I saw a few clips from their um, their camp and they had a wide receiver who they drafted in the third or fourth round. Can't remember what his name is. He's probably going to be pretty irrelevant, but he absolutely smoked Diggs on a simple uh, post route. So I, I don't see where the hype is. Adam, I think the danger is for players like Diggs when they get this reputation, they feel like they got to play to that reputation every week. And so I think if I'm if I'm the rest of the teams in the NFC East, I'm going to throw a lot of double moves at Diggs because he's going to want to make a play on almost every pass that looks like it's coming his way. Yeah, I've already alluded to it, but I think Diggs is just completely awful. I honestly think Eli Apple's a better coverage. 
<laughs> the current receiving core they might be better actually moving them the receiver at the minute because they just don't have it besides Lamb. Mm-hmm. I just well, don't look, see James as a long-term corner for them at all. Well, look, I, you mentioned CD Lamb there, and I wanted to put out just to give some sort of balance to this conversation. I'll put an open question: Is there anything good about the Dallas Cowboys, and is it maybe CD Lamb, or is there anything else? That you're like, oh, that's not bad. This is open to anybody. Well, the only answer I have is that uh, their fans are great because they're ever hopeful. And as a Giants <laughs> fan, that just that feeds me energy and I enjoy that. And Jerry's world looks class, let's be honest. That's a whopper facility. Yeah, it is class. Anyway, we'll move on. We'll move on to the Washington Commanders. I'm going to let Jake close out the show by talking about his New York Giants. And I'm going to set it up, and I'm going to try and not be as biased as possible. <laughs> uh, we're going to start at quarterback, as we tend to do with these teams. Carson Wentz. I know what everyone's going to say, and I just want to say I agree. He is <laughs> also a Derek Carr, Dak Prescott. Let's be honest. He will probably be statistically quite average. We've yet to see, or quite nice even, but... I don't think we've got any evidence so far to say that he's going to be, he's going to win the games that really need to be won. And that's a problem we've had at quarterback at the commanders for a while. But I do definitely think it's an upgrade from uh, Fitzpatrick and from uh, Heineke as well. I think there's, there's no doubt about it. So am I happy that he's here? Yes. Long-term solution. I think no in general as well because of his age as well. I think he has a lot to prove. But beyond that, I think he is a good enough quarterback for us to have now because I'm just sick of us being completely inept at the at the quarterback. And it, it's not to say there haven't been some good performances, but really when it comes to the cutting edge of the season and these, these occasions when there's three, four teams that could still possibly win the division and we trot out and in that last game, just can't get the ball moving whatsoever. It's really heartbreaking. So, Ryan, would you agree with my assessment on Wentz? Have you anything to add? Any digs that you have ready to go? Or do you think I'm being a bit pessimistic? Do you know what? I actually don't mind Wentz as a quarterback for the commanders because I think he he offers the deep ball threat that Heineke didn't, that uh, Fitzpatrick didn't. And I really think that the commanders are set up for that type of air raid offense. They have scary Terry, obviously out on the outside Um, they've drafted in Dobson is his name. Is it? Yeah. 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 Uh, and I mean, Curtis Samuel, who's a player I have experience with from being with the Panthers. Uh, he's also a speed burner who can play in the slot or on the outside. I think they're very much set up for that deep ball. Uh, they have a good set of running backs, so they can play the play action off that. And I think Carson Wentz suits that very, very well. Uh, we saw that he can play at a Pro Bowl level. Uh, we saw it when he went to the, the Super Bowl with the Eagles. So, yeah, I don't see it as an issue. If he sucks after one year, move on, go draft another quarterback. If he's good enough to be the starter long term, happy days. You found yourself a starter. The Adam, problem I have with a sorry, if you the problem I have with him, well, if I was a Commanders fan, is that he's absolutely average enough to get you eight-ish wins with that team around you, and then you're gonna be a lot higher in the draft pool than you know shitter teams. Mm-hmm. 
I think I think though, if you can encourage him enough, and we've kind of spoken about this a little bit on the show, if you can encourage him enough and get him back in a really positive mind frame, I think there is plenty of really positive years, and I think he has high upside but low base, if that makes sense. I don't think he's gonna stink. He might be average, but if you can get him, I think he still has enough high side to to really stick around for those four five seasons and really push to be good and like you said Jake sometimes in this division eight wins is enough to get you into the playoffs and once you get into the playoffs it's a whole different story but let's just say before you go on let's just say right you get to the playoffs round one you're picking at like 20 or something and then you're yeah. not going to get uh, like a quarterback if you want one or the top other player and then say if you have like you said maybe he's good enough for three or four years but if you don't win a Super Bowl or if you're not set up to win a Super Bowl in them three or four years it was a a waste of time. So you think we should go for a more of a Daniel Jones type quarterback? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Roll it out. See where you go. Get those fumbles. Get those interceptions. Uh, speaking of fumbles, Adam, uh, you're a bit more removed from the NFC East. Don't see us very often. Are you kind of following this narrative on Antonio Gibson that has started to creep up that he's a little bit fumble prone? It caught us a lot last season. It's already happened again this preseason. Is that something you're aware of? And for me, at least, I'm a little bit disappointed because he's a lot of upside in terms of catching the ball and other aspects of being a running back. It's just that ball security that's struggling. So what what do you think of that situation? Yeah, I'm definitely aware of it. He cost me a few fantasy games for those fumbles last year. <laughs> yeah, I've been trying to keep an eye on that one. Um, with Is it Brian Robinson? Yeah. Yeah, is that the other running back? I've been trying to keep an eye on who's going to take the lead on that one, um, but I have definitely seen Gibson's problems again, and I do see that creeping in throughout the season. Yeah, the only the last thing I have to talk about for Washington is something that popped up recently, and on Washington Twitter as well was being discussed, is that sometimes we have a an inability to stop key downs, these kind of third and middle distances, even third and short. The thing that jumps out to me is that we seem to play a lot of zone coverage and can't get enough pressure for that to be worth it. I'm wondering, as opposition fans, is that something you notice a lot about Washington is how, when it really comes down to it, there seems to be that extra little bit of space that other teams can take advantage of that just prolong drives. Doesn't always lead to touchdowns necessarily, but just when it could be a drive killer and a really a momentum changer, does it gets a little bit deflated, a third down goes for six, eight, ten yards, sets up a new first set of downs into our territory and keeps the ball moving. Jake, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, that's prevent defense, isn't it? It's just mm-hmm. le- allowing the team to dink and dunk and waste their time up the field. And unfortunately, I was like, we had Patrick Graham last year as the defensive coordinator, and he was a prevent defense guy. And it, that works if you have a, a, a solid offense that can keep you ahead. But playing prevent defense when you're behind doesn't make any sense, which I'm sure we're both familiar with. Yeah, I think it's tough. I hope I hope it changes a little bit. I think it can be changed by getting that uh, frontline pressure. And I think that's something that I, in my opinion, I've seen a lot of people say they've been disappointing that star studded defensive line for Washington. Personally, I think they've maybe underperformed a little bit, but I don't think it's as, it's as dramatic as people have been made out. I think they do do a very good job, particularly in the run game. 
last season compared to seasons before where the run game was particularly a problem but we'll wait and see how that develops maybe they're going to try a bit of bit more man or a little bit more pressure and try and change those scenarios but we'll move on now to the last team of the show our eighth team it is the new york giants jake where would you like me to start on our analysis of the new york giants oh let's go I don't like I was gonna say let's go bad to good, but I'm not sure there's enough good to even talk about to be honest. So you hit me up with a surprise topic of yours and we'll go from there. You know, I have to be honest, it, I haven't heard a lot about the New York Giants this this offseason. It in my mind, I know they got Thibodeau. He was really the star man that I was waiting to see how it might impact the team. Beyond that, I'm maybe I'm going blank. Is there is there a lot of change that you're excited about in terms of influx of talent? Yeah, well, one of them obviously was Thibodeau because like the Giants have lacked pressure on the edge for years now. So it's nice to actually see making a move to have some pressure on opposing teams' offenses. And then we obviously got Evan Neal at the seventh pick. And that's going to be, he's our right tackle now. So now we actually have a right and a left tackle who are pretty, at least good good on paper. So they're two players I'm actually excited about. We got a nice wide receiver in the second round, but we didn't really need them considering we have other big names. Now, they don't play like they're big names, but <laughs> they uh, certainly are big names nonetheless. So we could have done with that pick somewhere else, but we'll see how he goes. He looks quite good, this little wide receiver. Oh, I saw him. Who? What's his name? Wandale Robinson. Mm. He's going to be a slot guy for you guys. Yeah, like a yeah, he's a small dude, but he's shifty, fast, and uh, I think he lines up in the backfield a lot as well. So, Rian, we've slagged a lot Daniel Jones on this show, and we will continue to do it because he's very slaggable. Uh, but is he dangerously good in that uh, he is absolutely not one of these franchise killers that's that we've talked about, like maybe uh, Derek Carr and Dak Prescott, where they're averagely good to the point where you don't want to move on from them. But is Daniel Jones slightly too good to be bad enough to drag the Giants down to where they need to be to replace him? Does that make sense? That was a very long question. In other There's words... There's a lot of double negatives, double positives <laughs> going on in there. But how, uh, bad, how bad can the Giants be with Daniel Jones at quarterback? I think very bad. Like we've seen it the last couple of years. They've they've where did they draft this year? Fourth, third, and fifth. Fifth, fifth and seventh. Fifth and seventh. The seventh so pick one of those the picks Bears. was their own, uh, and they had Daniel Jones at quarterback then. Now the the guy just turns the ball over far too much to be a good quarterback, right? And a lot of teams are scoring points off the back of those turnovers because the defense hasn't really lived up to expectations either. So, yeah, I think Daniel Jones might very well be the cause for all of the terribleness on offense. Um, but we'll see. We'll see where they land in the draft next season and whether they can grab one of the big names at a, at quarterback because I think it's around about time now that they that they move on from Daniel Jones. They didn't they didn't go for his fifth year option this year, which was kind of pretty telling that they're not going to give him the fifth year. Uh, you don't want to pay him $30 million fully guaranteed or whatever it may be. And you're going to draft a quarterback next year. I assume you can't, unless he absolutely plays like fucking Josh, turns into Josh Allen, then you can't keep him. Yeah, Adam, do you agree with that? Do you think it's 100% nailed on Giants are going to take 
a quarterback at some point in the first round, wherever they land this this upcoming draft? Yeah, I think they have to. Um, you know, with all trust, Daniel Jones already, I don't think I can say anything good about him anyway. You know, he can tackle by a turf monster on a what should have been an 80-yard touchdown, and instead he falls down and flat his face. It's hard running fast. Uh, I just, <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't know about that. Um, <laughs> I just I can't see very much upside with his offensive weapons either. You know, he's lost Evan Ingram as tight end. You know, I think Kenny Galvey caught as many touchdowns last year as I did. Yeah, that's maybe my favorite thing is how hard Jake manifested that man onto his roster and it just completely <laughs> let him down. But I was going to say, at least you got rid of Engram. That's actually yeah, probably that a was, positive. That was, uh, then, yeah, that was pretty good to see. I have a signed jersey from Engram somewhere. It's absolutely worthless now, but I'm okay with that. <laughs> um, we end up, we have a new starting tight end and in the last week's preseason games, we see in the, uh, an Evan Engram where the ball tips his fingers and into a defender's hand. So hopefully that doesn't become commonplace in the Giants team. But um, yeah, glad to see Evan Engram go. So some things never change, huh? So let's not overreact. <laughs> so Jacob, before we finish up, uh, what's your highlight, high point, exciting news about the New York Giants this season? What are you looking forward to? Where do you think the silver lining for you as a fan is going to come from this season? Uh, well, honestly, oh, and while we're at it, would you like to put another two pitchers, which I'm still owed, uh, on another sweep for the Giants of the command? I, I certainly won't, because that was always <laughs> stacked against me. Even though I know maybe we can do one and one. Uh, if the Giants go one and one with the commanders, maybe we can do something like that, but we won't make that deal right now. Um, something I'm excited about is just having good foundational pieces on the team now at long last. Like David Gettleman absolutely ruined this team with horrible contracts and bad drafting. So a pretty decent draft this year. Good coaching, which is good. We're, like some aggressive coaching would be nice on the offensive side. Um, something that we've been missing for years as well. Good. Well, thank you all for joining me. This concludes our tour of the AFC East and the NFC East. If you'd enjoyed this and you prefer to get your stuff in audio form, you can find us under Center Podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever else you get your podcasts. Follow us on socials. The team is growing. We're really trying to push uh, and drive on the socials aspect of the show. You can find us on YouTube at Under Center Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Under Center Podcast. And you can find us on Facebook as well, Under Center Podcast. And Instagram at Under Center Podcast. So we are all over the place. We try and deliver the news as much as we can to keep you up to date. We have started running competitions. In case you've missed it, we gave away a couple of uh, Madden codes over the last week. And we're hoping to keep that stuff going over the course of the season. So please do stay tuned in. Uh, we will try to reward your listenership with a few goodies as much as we can. Jake, Rian, Adam, thank you all for joining me today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. And we will see everybody next week. Stay safe and goodbye.